ancient Greeks used drama for catharsis. Theater is known to help tap into emotions, build self-esteem, and reduce feelings of isolation. Let's find out how drama therapy can aid our mental health. Welcome to Lone Pack Conversations. I'm Valerie. Today we're talking to Anshuma Shetripal, a drama and movement psychotherapist. She is the founder of the Color of Grey Cells, the co-founder of the Arts Therapist Collab, a founding member of the Indian Association of Dance Movement Therapy, and the course director at the Creative Movement Therapy Association of India. Welcome, Anshuma. Thank you so much for having me, Valerie. Thank you for being here. Could you start by telling us what drama therapy is and how it supports mental wellness? Drama therapy, well, it's like you said, ancient in nature. So it's simply put the idea of creating alternative ways of looking at our therapeutic processes. Therapy typically would want you to delve deeper into unconscious elements and the arts are a wonderful way of doing that. The arts mm-hmm. actually have a way of bringing out in us our unconscious aspects. So, you know, when you when you pick a pose or when you pick a character to work with or when you pick a story, what guides your motivation to pick those things? We sort of look at that more closely. So in, in a, a typical session, we would go into role play, enactment, stories, um, and do all kinds of cookie things to find out what your unconscious mm-hmm. has to communicate to you. Right. So could you tell us um, if someone's seeking conventional psychotherapy, how did they know when they should try something like drama therapy? Well, like I said, it's the unconscious language. The The unconscious mind doesn't speak to us in Hindi, English or any other languages. It speaks to us in English. Mm-hmm. Now, when we're trying to use articulation, there will inevitably be a time when our conscious thought around their experience will run out. And we won't know how to go forward from that moment. A lot of times, clients who come to drama therapy come after having had a lot of looping experiences in talk therapy. So then when they come to drama therapy, it's a way of their unconscious element speaking. So they don't have to own anything. The beautiful bit of drama therapy is there's so much distance you can create between you and your emotions that it feels very safe because all you're doing is playing. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if I don't have to own my anger, but that angry king really wants to behead people. So in that way, okay. it doesn't feel threatening to go through some of these very complex in nuanced emotions. Mm-hmm. And I I know that when you were talking to us earlier, you said that you, you do a lot of cookie things and you start um, playing these weird um, games and stuff like that. So how do you know what works best on what person when somebody comes to you? How do you know what they'll resonate with best? Well, it's a very... Um... It's a very uh, complex issue in terms of there's no, there's no, uh, there's no, how do I say this? There's no one size fits all. The mm-hmm. idea is that the therapist is trained in how to look at the unconscious elements of what's going on. And we never, we're not directive at all. It's a very indirect form of psychotherapy. So we always okay. ask and there's a lot of power sharing in the room. You know, I'm not your expert. You are the expert on your own mental health. You come in. There's lots of things to choose from. What would you like to explore today? So it's not led by me, you know. And in that, Mm -hmm. what we can do is we create something called a play space. And that play space is an area where the client chooses what they would like to explore. Uh, We give a lot of options and it's a very gentle build up. It's not like you come in and we're like, let's do this. You know, you talk about things for a long time. We discover what are some core areas of work. 
Um, and then we explore those certain things using different modalities. So seeing on concept of anger, I can make a character out of it. I can do some sock puppet out of it. I can do sand play. Um, I can do role enactment. So many things. Right. So supposing you've got um, somebody who is very uptight and like you said, they tried psychotherapy and they felt like they were going into a loop that they couldn't break even through their words. And um, they come to you for drama therapy, but they don't really know what they want to do because they are uptight as a person. They don't really know how to express themselves. Mm. Um, how do therapists understand the issue someone's trying to express through drama and how do you make them express it through drama? So that's the beauty of it. The for me, the more difficult clients to work with are the ones who come wanting a lot of drama because they want to unlearn. You know, artists, right. artists make the most difficult clients because they have a certain idea. Drama should look like this. You know, it should look, it should look interesting. I want to add masala to the story. I want to enact this full scale. And in creating the product, they forget about the process. But hmm. actually, drama therapy is very process-oriented. So it's not anything to do with drama as it looks like on the stage. It's just an inner expression. So if you're just, you know, breathing, I'll just work with you with that. Simple movements like breath. Let's expand on it. Let's expand on a small movement. Is there a dialogue that you want to say today? So it becomes very subtle and there is no uh, pressure on the client to enact or show me big movements. Um, mm-hmm. when you ask how we help them express we just use lots of tools and we put across those tools and help them make choices so I'll for example one of my favorite things to do right in the beginning is I take a lot of small toys and mm-hmm. I put it in front of you and I ask you okay so what is representing you today and you just pick up an object right and then you tell me an imaginary story you don't even have to tell me your life story because I'm mm-hmm. an investigative journalist you know I'm just to help you feel better. So can you give us further insight into what happens in a drama therapy session? So a typical drama therapy session would begin with you doing some focusing exercises. You come in, we do some breathing work. Then we start to warm up the body. We'll move about a little bit where I ask you to think about what are the themes you want to explore today. Um, Then we start with bridging in. Bridging in is when uh, we sort of build on those themes. So a session I just had today before this um, was about somebody who's been locked in the pandemic, but uh, feeling homeless because they don't feel at home in their own house. And Mm -hmm. so she wanted to explore the concept of home. And so we played a little game about what does home mean and how does home represent itself in her body? Um. And so through that, we were able to come to the idea of home uh, being a place of nurturance, home being a place of conflict. So our main activity then included her making a safe space in her own home. So she went and got objects that made her feel safe. Mm-hmm. She picked a corner of her room and she created a little sanctuary for herself. And then she became, we bridged out of it. We came back to talking about some of the conflicts that exist in her home. And then she drew about it a little bit, saying that I just want to put it out of my body. I've been carrying this for too long. Yeah, and then we did mm-hmm. some and songs and just got her back to the present moment. You know, that's actually very interesting in terms of you start with really, really small things mm. and you can use that and build it up into something beautiful and actually help somebody express themselves and understand what they've been feeling. Right, because it's not about, you know, them performing. 
it's about mm-hmm. expressing and that's a very clear difference we make right in the beginning yeah so anshuma what is it about drama therapy that drove you to take it up as a profession oh god <laughs> that <laughs> uh, well let's let's begin i was a journalist initially and mm-hmm. i was working um, with with uh, i was doing feature stories and stories of a nature and i realized that i think that this impact of the uh, fourth estate is it wasn't really cutting it for me i wanted very clear one to one ability to be able to make impact because it felt like i would go there to scoop a story and then come out and not be able to take any responsibility for what happens next um whereas when i started studying psychology i i um, finished i did a couple of jobs in journalism then i took off 9 months i didn't have a bachelor so i studied all of psychology that i could from bachelors and straight away did my first masters in psychosocial clinical studies um beyond which i started to realize that i was just this idea of talking was not cutting it it felt mm-hmm. more to be expressed and especially impact when we're talking about impact um if we could express in a group it becomes even more interesting so i started studying how group therapy is emerging um and it seemed at the time there was only rehab and otherwise there was one to one in india so i stepped out and i studied um how the arts are helpful because they help me in my personal life as well you know just express myself better just be able to tell my story um so yeah, right. i went and researched that and ended up falling in love with it mhm and, and when you said um that when you were doing journalism you felt like you were scooping up stories but not taking responsibility mm-hmm. how do you feel that's changed for you when you became a psychotherapist i think the idea that i have a, a loop a feedback loop that i work with my client over and over again every week and i go back mm-hmm. to them and i and i you know i'm able to it's it feels less exploitative even though um, and that's my personal experience you know that it felt when i was doing journalism it felt like it was about the story rather than the individual right and the story does have larger impact perhaps you know but at the same time now when i'm going to this person week after week and seeing how they're changing and how their lives are you know enhanced or better um it it is a very different experience of feeling validated with my own work right mm-hmm. Anshuma could you talk to us about how the infrastructure and education around drama therapy in India has progressed with time? Are you asking me a question which I just feel like I don't know where to begin again but it feels like <laughs> we're at a very different place so I'm going to start from when I first came back so I studied my my second masters was in drama and movement therapy session from the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama London Mhm and um and i had gotten jobs there actually but i wanted to come back because even though there was more demand there the need was felt here and it felt like i could perhaps make a difference in the field here and it was new um and as soon as i came back i was fortunate enough to be here at the right time because mental health as a conversation was picking up but till date i get a lot of skepticism yeah i get a lot of um what is this dancing how can that help do you make your clients dance do you dance for your clients where which hospital is your next performance in 
think wow. I know. Mm. So, so because of that, uh, I felt the need to stretch myself into advocacy work because it felt like there's a larger conversation that we were not having. So um, then that's where the Indian Association for Dance Movement Therapy and all the teaching and all that began. Currently, I design programs and I approach universities. And um, we set up diploma program. We set up a diploma program in Pune. There is a diploma program in expressive arts therapy run by my very able colleagues in Mumbai. And mm-hmm. you know, there's several certification programs which are very ethical in nature. Alongside that, we do have to develop the field in terms of ethics because there is absolutely um, one of the causes that's close to my heart is the social justice angle of mental health in India. And it feels like there is so much malpractice because there is no licensure. So we are looking to develop a code of ethics. We're looking to get licensing um, into the country at various levels and really try to grow the field from the ground up. So while I'm involved Mm -hmm. in infrastructure, I can tell you that from then to now, it is a transformation. We have so many people who are interested, so many practitioners who are doing a lot of ethical work. Um, and a lot of clients who are benefiting. But we're still looking for our government to get involved. Uh, the budget this time, for example, for mental health was dismal. Um, mm. It feels like the government will take its own time coming around. But at least through platforms like yours, through Instagram, through various kind of social media, people are really uh, invested in this topic now. So in that way, it has helped us. Private infrastructure is willing to invest, but publicly... We don't have much support yet. Yes. But it's great to see that you, despite learning abroad, you came back here because you realized there was a need for awareness in terms of the fact that people were so uninformed that they had all kinds of preconceived notions about what drama therapy or alternative therapy would be. And you've actually started um, curating courses that would help change that and help make people more educated and aware. Yeah, and yet there are courses that are people are just starting in their basements, you know, without any university, without uh, trained faculty, because they simply think that drama and therapy means you feel good after doing drama. And, mm-hmm. But that that is uh, precisely where vulnerable clients can really get duped. And so do vulnerable students. So I always urge the student population to really study the course they're going for, because these are complex and nuanced therapies even though they come under the purview of uh, alternative therapy, you're still working with an individual's mental health. And so the responsibility in you is pretty great. And these short-term courses and these like courses in their basements, they may be cheap and they may be um, able to do that, uh, provide you, you know, cheap certification. But uh, what will your end product be and how far can you go in the field if you do those kind of courses? Very true. Anshuma, being a psychotherapist, you do help people deal with problems related to their mental health. And it can be a very arduous job that, as you said, you take on responsibility. And while that can be a beautiful thing to see somebody transform, it can also be very, very taxing. Mm -hmm. So how do you take care of your mental health amidst all of this? Well, I've been asked that question during this pandemic, and I've, I've wondered... Um, about it currently because typically my ways of taking care of myself and avoiding burnout which is very frequent in mental health work is to travel and step away from my familiar surroundings altogether Mm -hmm. but because that was not an option during the pandemic I've had to develop other fundamental things 
but uh, there are clear guidelines actually and in fact if you go to your therapist i urge all clients to ask their therapist are you in supervision are you in personal work yourself because those are the two three things that really keep us intact so i make sure that i take my supervision seriously every fortnight i make sure that i call my supervisor and she adds a third perspective to my work i am in personal therapy for the last 11 years and uh, absolutely make my qualms in talking about it because it feels like it's important that my clients also know that i am also engaged in working with myself um and uh, alongside that of course the arts are a wonderful way of self care so even mm-hmm. though drama and movement i do it on a daily basis for other people but for myself as well i mean there's nothing better for me than to keep, get my hands dirty with some clay or do some artwork some painting or even some drama and movement whenever i can So what's your favorite form of art that plays a therapeutic role in your life? For me it's been clay actually. So there there's um there's that physical element of putting your energy into clay. And what I end up doing is that I mm-hmm. use that clay to make those little toys that I was talking about earlier. So mm-hmm. I I I fashion those toys out of the clay so it becomes my therapeutic activity but it also comes back into the work when I offer those toys as a starting point to my clients. so it's it's um, it really is paying for itself in some way <laughs> right anshuma it's been absolutely beautiful talking to you there's so much we got to learn from you we got to learn that um drama therapy is more about the journey and it's about expressing yourself through what you do as opposed to thinking of it as a performance we've learned just how important it is for therapists as well to take their mental health seriously to be in supervision and you know to let other people know that it's important for them to take care of their mental health as well and also one thing that i can take away from you is that you said that it's so it's beautiful for you to feel that validation when you see your clients come to you every single time and you can see them healing and becoming better because of your work and that really helps people so thank you so much for talking to us today and making us aware of what drama therapy is and what it means to you as well Thank you so much Vaidhi for the opportunity and for all the work you're doing and thank you so much for doing this wonderful summary at the end I feel like I also learned from what I was rambling on about <laughs> Thank you